What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sports. You got myself, Dom, and David on, and it's been a while since we recorded an episode. How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Partially alive, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we're all here. Everybody had a good holiday season, or or hopefully. Yeah, I had a pretty good holiday season. Got some nice... Christmas was cold. Huh? Yeah. Christmas was cold. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little bit of a... It was we were, we were snowed in. So like where I'm in is like a secondary snow belt. And we had like a snow drift so big in our backyard. We had to like almost like shovel our way out of our, our back door. Basically oh. where he's at is our version of Buffalo. There you go. There you almost. go. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah work, work was pretty slow for me when with the with the big snowstorm. So that was fun. Yeah, it was you're, at the, you're at the Southwest Terminal, right? Yeah. Oh, so you had nothing to do anyways because they canceled other flights. Yeah. It's <laughs> get to work for me too, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't fun, but. All righty. Well, we did miss a few things while we were gone, so we'll go over some a little bit older stuff that's been in the news for a minute. Um, just kind of get your guys' opinions on that, and then we'll get into um, a little bit more relevant stuff. But I have a lot more football topics today on this one for you guys than uh, than normal, but it's kind of been dominating the the news here as football is really the only thing going on right now. Um, but let's go ahead and kick it off first with, I don't know if you guys saw that Robert Sarver actually finally sold the Suns and the Mercury to Matt Ishbia. I think that's how you say it, um, for about $4 billion. So um, what do you guys think about this in general? You know, good, bad, awesome. What do you guys got on this one? Honestly, I'm to see him go. Yeah. I'm just glad to see him go too. Unless I'm told differently about the new owner, I'm just glad that Sarver's out of the league. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I, I I do really hope that this sends a message to you know all owners of sports teams that you can't be dirtbags and you got to clean up your shit and um, hopefully we see you know better treatment within organizations for for people that aren't the players necessarily but the people that work behind the scenes to make everything run the way that it's supposed to um so yeah definitely something cool um hopefully this the suns have been kind of on a downslide this year so maybe that had a lot to do with it they were kind of still feeling the distraction from everything that was going on so maybe once this kind of becomes final final they can get back on uh on track or i don't know definitely something out of the norm um, something else I had in basketball news for us as Cavs fans, obviously our uh, new superstar in Donovan Mitchell, 71 point game. How do you guys feel about that one? That was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Um, probably the best performance in a single, at least a regular season game that I've ever, ever seen mm. across the NBA, not just for the Cavs. Um, yeah, that was I think he counted for 99 points in that game if you include his assists. Just yeah, absolutely was, unbelievable. Like we've I seen think, Kobe. He Kobe went off for 82, but I don't think he had that many assists. Um, I forgot who else went for like 70, and then I don't think they had that many assists either. So it's impressive that not only he was scoring at the rate that he was, but he was also still finding ways to get his teammates involved, and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, with his like ninety nine accounted for or created points or whatever, that puts him second behind Wilt's one hundred. It's like one hundred point game pretty much. So, yeah, I think that's a that's just a crazy thing. And 
I'm glad that we were the ones that got him and not New York. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's just amazing. And on top of that, he beat LeBron and Kyrie by solid like 20 points almost from their highest point games as Cavs. Yeah. I mean, what was the biggest thing that, that we kind of all said that, that they needed and everybody else said they needed was a pure scorer. And and there you go. You have a guy that can go off for 70 some points, you know, in a night. And I think that's a, that's a huge thing. I, I, I will point this out too, though. I mean, if you look at uh, what Laurie Markkinen's doing this season, that dude is just freaking scoring at will as well too, over there with the, uh, what with the jazz now. So yeah, that's a, Definitely something crazy too to think about, but yeah, that was awesome. I was, I kind of, I didn't actually get to watch the game, but um, I think I was probably sleeping to go to before I had to go to work at two in the morning. But um, I definitely think that, that was a uh, something cool, and, and hopefully he can do it again. And, and when we get to the playoffs, maybe we'll see him drop another seventy some points or whatever. <laughs> um, we just we just talked about Robert Sarver selling the team. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, Dan Snyder got an evaluation on the uh, Washington commanders to sell them. And uh, he started the, the price at $8 billion. Um, even though the evaluation was for like four point something billion dollars. <laughs> so my question to you is, uh, is he really trying to sell the team? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's interested in selling the team. It may just be, he thinks it's worth more than what it's really worth or, he knows maybe eight point something is a little much, but someone may be willing to pay it because if you're holding that team for 15 years, they're going to be worth way more than, than 8.1 whenever the next owner goes to sell the team. So it could just be started 8.1. If someone takes it, great. But if not, maybe someone would be like, oh, if, if I'll not, give you, I'll give you a seven. And he's like, cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's still $3.1 billion more than what it's valued at. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That to me just kind of seems like he's trying to hold on to it for as long as possible. And, and I don't know. It's I don't I mean, he's he's asking more than what the uh, for it than what the Cowboys are valued at, which I think the Cowboys are valued at the the highest valued NFL franchise in the league, I think. Yeah. So yeah. which that's not surprising at all. No, I mean, it's it's the brand. I get it. But at the same time, it's like I understand how you can turn around and and put that price tag on it when you're not the same, when you're not this, you don't have the same brand name. You, you just rebranded. You don't have the same kind of success from your background. Like I, I don't, you don't know. have and, the assets, like the, the, the value of AT&T stadium for the Cowboys and their trading facility. Like the stadium alone is probably worth more than what the commanders are worth. <laughs> yeah. So that, that to me just makes it seem like he's, He's like saying that he's gonna sell it, but he's just trying to basically outprice everybody so that nobody will will buy it. And I think, you know, it'll work for a little bit, but eventually he's gonna have to come down on that. So I don't know. We'll keep tabs on that as the as the season kind of comes to an end. And uh obviously he'll have a lot more time now that the commanders didn't make the playoffs. So uh speaking of the NFL playoffs there. Uh, what do you guys think about the teams that are that are in that have made the playoffs? Obviously, we had some a crazy last week within the uh, NFL. The Jaguars, you know, sneaking in. The Dolphins sneaking in. Um, Seahawks sneaking in. Yeah, the Seahawks sneaking in. Yeah. So, 
what do you guys think about the playoff picture and 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 who who out of the teams do you think really could make a deep run because it it does kind of look like the chiefs are really the only one that that seem kind of unbeatable at this point the Bengals have kind of come on strong in the afc but other than that everybody else kind of seems like they have their own weaknesses what do you guys think Mm. it's really hard to say because it's like you have the Bengals and they can pretty much pop off at any time um then Buffalo is still solid. Yeah. Uh, that team, you you give them any amount of chance to score a touchdown, they're going to take advantage of it, even if it's a defensive touchdown. So you can't really rule out Buffalo. Um, and for all we know, it's called any given Sunday for a reason. For all we know, Seattle might be thrown into the mix of whatever and sit the same can be said for jacksonville i did i do i do like my uh was it at the beginning of the season i think we did like our teams to watch out for and i think i had picked jacksonville at the beginning of the season and i know they i know they snuck in it wasn't necessarily that they blew everybody out of the water but i do think that that coming from what they were last year to what they were able to do this year uh huge improvement trevor lawrence looked I'm not going to say he looked like what everybody thought he was going to look like coming into the league, but he still looked tremendously better than what he did last season, and 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 I think he's a big part of the reason why they're there. So that's definitely an interesting team. I don't know if they'll really make a huge deep run in the playoffs, but especially in the AFC that's loaded right now, but I think it'll be good experience for that young team. But mm-hmm. I, I am excited to see Geno Smith get a chance to make some noise in the NFC because I do think the NFC is a little bit more wide open than what people might think. I don't know because I don't really believe in the Cowboys, and I well, think to be the, fair, they haven't had success since the '90s in terms of playoffs. Yeah, I do think yeah. the the Eagles are probably the ones to beat at this point. I don't know if there's anybody that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're the number one seed, and I don't know they they've looked shaky the last couple of weeks, but the run that the 49ers have been on, they look shaky because. Jalen Hurts wasn't playing, but he, even then, their their defense hadn't been playing up to what they were beginning of the season. The defense was starting to give up a lot of points. Um, was it the the game or the game before Jalen Hurts got hurt? Um, they was against the Cowboys. They lost. Um, the defense gave up a lot of points, and that didn't look that great. Obviously, the offense looked uh, phenomenal. But I think right now the NFC. I'm impressed with what the Seahawks were able to do all season. Impressed with what the Giants were able to do um, yeah. with all their deficiencies. The fact that those two teams are in the playoffs, I think, is impressive. But right now, I mean, if you would have asked me four weeks ago, I would have said NFC. That's the Eagles' conference to lose. But man, the 49ers have looked impressive, Brock and the, the fact nice. that Brock Purdy's looked really good, even. Yeah. This whole ten straight wins. It started with Garoppolo, and yeah. then well, that de- um, you know Brock that Purdy took over. Is, that defense is that, de- probably... that defense is lights out. That might be the best defense yeah. in football. And then you have a genius in Kyle Shanahan, and you have a great offensive line and so many weapons that you can insert Mister Irrelevant in, and the team's not going to miss a beat because the system that they run is so quarterback friendly, and the weapons that they have. 
or pretty much parallel to none. All he has to do is just dump the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, Hey Diddle Diddle Kittle up the middle. Like just <laughs> he's he's just open. You know, he, he, any quarterback would be be able to uh, succeed in that system. You know, maybe except for David because we know his Madden uh, interceptions. But point being, most quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, would be able to succeed in that system. So I I think right now, if the 49ers and Eagles were to play in the NFC Championship game, I'd honestly take the 49ers in that game. Just because I I think, you know, the the Eagles, yes, you have Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith. But I I think overall the 49ers have better weapons on offense, and I think their defense is better. Um, AFC, I know the Chiefs are the number one seed, but – they lost to the Bills. They lost to the uh, Bengals. I yep. think they'll have a hard time with those teams. The Chargers are starting to figure things out. I don't really see Miami or, or Baltimore really doing anything. I'm impressed with how Jacksonville has played. I think it's great to see them in. Um, right now, I I probably have the Bills and uh, I'm looking at the bracket. Yeah, I, I have the Bills and the, and the Bengals probably as – the AFC championship game and probably taking the Bengals in that one. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking like NFC wise, like the, the Eagles 49ers NFC championship game. I think that'll be a pretty good game. I think that'll be more of a, a shootout than what people might think with how good the 49ers defense is. Um, Just because I think the Eagles offense is that explosive, but AFC to me is, is going to be a tough one because even though you say like the Dolphins, you don't think the Dolphins are gonna get it done. There, nothing's saying that they can't go on like a little, a little four game run like they did earlier in the season where they, they with just... with who who is their quarterback? Teddy Bridgewater still hurt. Uh, who was the guy that played for him last week? Uh, this past Tua, week is Tua not going to be back in time? He's still in the he's still in the concussion protocol. Damn, that's tough. Yeah, I don't and know. Now, if two if Tua was playing, I'd say yeah, it'd be close and they have a chance. But with yeah, but there's, there's Skyler Skyler Thompson or something like that. But there's who, nothing saying that he can't he can't come out of concussion protocol before the game. Like it's only Monday, you know what I mean? Yeah, like no, I, I get that. But as of right now, yeah, he's not. Playing. Well, I'm just I, if I'm, he's able to play, then it's going to be. Close. I'm making I'm making that comment as like as Tua is playing. If Tua is playing, there's nothing saying that they're not gonna that that they're that they're they're gonna be able to pop off some wins if they can get it together. Obviously he's been in concussion protocol. He's been in and out all season. So the chemistry probably isn't there. You know what I mean? So that's a tough one. But I don't want to discount them just yet until we know for sure that he's not playing because it they did go on a little bit of a run. I know that that was probably just because people hadn't seen it before. You know what I mean? And then it and then once kind of people figured out what they were doing, they were able to shut him down. But I, I don't know. I think that outside of that, I do agree. It's probably either going to be one of the top three Bengals, Bills, Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I mean, I think that's what we're going to see for the next 10 years, as long as those quarterbacks stay where they're at. I don't think it's going to change. You know, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, is if he can keep developing in Jacksonville and they can put a team around him, then maybe that's another one. You have Justin Herbert with the Chargers. If, if they can figure that out there, then maybe he's a guy that could get into the playoffs a couple times and rival those guys. I, I don't know. But the AFC is is a pretty pretty loaded division. I mean, you had you had teams that that didn't look like they were going to make it um almost making it and then then uh 
and then obviously teams making it in there. So, yeah, definitely interesting. Let us know what you guys think at home um, about the playoffs. And uh, if your team's in the playoffs, let us know how you think they're going to do. But, yeah. Um, let's go ahead since it was, uh, they call it black Monday within the NFL. <laughs> um, let's see here. So before black Monday, Nathaniel Hackett lost his job, but, um, today it was Cliff Kingsbury, Lovey Smith, Frank Reich, and Matt rule. So what do you guys think about the firings of the head coaches? You know, obviously starting with Nathaniel Hackett and then down the list that I said. I mean, not the only one that really surprised me was Cliff Kingsbury, just because of his contract. And I think they signed to do an extension. But was it before the season? I think it was um, last last season. Yeah, yeah, through twenty twenty seven. And I, I'm surprised that Lovey Smith was let go. I mean, he. Yeah, I know they they had what three wins this season. But if you look at that roster, you're like, wow, they were able to get to three wins. You want to you want to know why he you want to know how he, why he was fired. He lost them the number one pick. He lost them the number one pick. It's the it's this it's the same reason that um oh that's gonna bug me that I can't think of his name because I was just thinking about it earlier. Uh the Dolphins head coach. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. That's the reason that he got fired too, is because he, he wouldn't he wouldn't tank. And that's the that's this like weird thing is like and it kind of goes to this like notion of hiring coaches of color and asking them to be on these to coach these crappy teams and tank and then when they don't they fire them so i don't know if we're going to have a a similar uh, similar situation that we did with the dolphins (laughs) last season the end of last season or whatever so i don't know that one that one kind of was a little dumb to me because it wasn't his fault he basically was because i'm sure i'm sure when they brought him in they were like hey this team's gonna suck but we're going to try to let you build a, build a team over the next couple of years. And they didn't even really give them a chance to do that. So, yeah. Um, other news, the Browns did fire their defensive coordinator. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. I forgot to add him to the list. Did you yeah. see uh, who they've requested to interview? No. By Brian Flores. One, one, Brian Flores. Yeah. Um, and then, hold on. I've been seeing, I'm going to look it up because I've been seeing reports on it all day. But Brian yeah, Flores was, would be about damn time that they got rid of Joe Woods. Brian or, Flores would be a good fit. So, so um, Jim go. Schwartz is another one that's on the list. It looks like so um, the, uh, the the Browns defense. You know, Gerard Mayo, inside linebackers coach for the Patriots. Um, Jim Leonard, defensive coordinator for Wisconsin, and the defensive coordinator for the Broncos. And Mike Zimmer so far. Mike Zimmer? Mike's um, former head coach for the Vikings. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> All right. Brian Flores would probably be the best fit. That would be... I I, I always... I kind of like... Would love to see him maybe go there for a couple years. And then maybe get another head coaching job at some point. Maybe if... Uh, once Mike Toblin goes... 20 seasons with no losing season, then maybe he'll retire and we can have Brian Flores as our head coach and, and continue. But um, yeah, that'd be a good spot for him. It would suck for, for the rest of the AFC North. Cause he's a good defensive mind, but <laughs> it would actually give you guys some consistency on that side of the ball. So um, 
Yeah. What do you um what do you guys think about like I mean I guess it's probably too soon to to see who maybe might take some of these jobs that are open. I did see like I guess when um the Broncos job became available, there was reports that they were reaching out to John Harbaugh, but then I saw re- uh reports today that basically nobody's reached out to him, but he's reaching out to all the teams that are open, like being like, Hey, you need a head coach. I'll do that for you. So what do you guys think about that? And like, he's basically like begging to get out of Michigan to come back into the NFL. Well, he's he's lost, even though, yes, he's beaten Ohio state twice. He's gotten to the CFP twice now and lost both times prior to that, that entire Michigan team was an absolute mess for years. He rebuilt the program. I mean, as much as I hate Michigan, you know, you you do have to give him some credit for, for rebuilding the, the organization. And I mean, let's be honest, he was successful in the NFL. He, he got to a Super Bowl. he lost it, but he was still able to rebuild the 49ers who before him were one of the worst teams in the league. Gotham to a Super Bowl, and then went back to college and rebuilt Michigan. So, uh, I mean, he's had success at every level. So, I don't blame him for, I guess, wanting to to go back to the NFL to prove that he could coach at the NFL level again. But also, you got a pretty good gig in, in Michigan. So, is, I, I don't but know. Is 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 college football really that good of a gig anymore? With with the NIL deal and the way that everything is going on with it. Definitely like tougher. I, th- I, just, I think, I think, I think college there's less to worry less, about in the NFL. I think. Yeah. College football is just let, I think it's a, a less attractive job as a head coach anymore because, you know, be- before not only was it, it was basically a more of a year long thing, at least with the NFL as a head coach, you probably could take off a month in the off season, you know what I mean? And then get back into it with college football. There is no, there is no time off. And then when you add in with this, with NIL and and the transfer portal, the way it is and everything, it's definitely made the job, you know, harder. Now I'm not saying that these guys make twice as much as NFL head coaches do. So I'm not saying that they don't need to do the work, but I'm just saying like in, in a, it, it makes sense that, that from that standpoint, he would probably want to be back in the NFL as well too. But I do think that, that he views himself as an NFL caliber head coach. And the fact that he hasn't gotten a job again in like what, almost seven years now. So definitely something interesting to look out. I, I feel like this is probably the year that he gets a job somewhere. It just depends on, on where he might want to go. But like if, if I'm him, the Broncos or the Colts are probably the top two, and then the Cardinals would be the third spot. Yeah. the The Panthers would probably be next, and I would te- the Texans' job would be last. That's just well, I, honestly. Sorry to cut you off there, but I, I think the the Broncos' job would be the worst job. You have no draft picks. You have an aging and overpaid quarterback. Like what? Well, what is there to build around? At least with the Texans, you're but but look, but scratch. look, look, look what he did this last week. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm not like Russell in, in Wilson, a game that didn't matter. But still, he put like he was able to perform. So something yeah. something worked out well. So whatever, I I'm not gonna 100 blame Nathaniel Hackett on the 
on this awful season that they had. I I definitely thought that they should have given it another go, but maybe they saw something that I didn't see. But at the end of the day, like it if you you got to look at it this way, right? Russell Wilson it doesn't make sense for a guy to play at a at a top 10 caliber quarterback level for his whole career and then all of a sudden just fall off and eat ass. Like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Like that's not something that just happens. So something went wrong in this scenario. So they have to figure out how to make it right so that he can get back to that level cuz I still think that he could play close to that level at least and that should be good enough with that defense like What's what's the stat? Like if they if they had scored at least like 20 points a game, they would only have like three losses on the season. Like that's that defense is is probably the best defense in the league and they couldn't score enough points. So if they can get somebody in there to get to get that situation right and and he could play at the level that he played, you know, in week 18, I I think that uh I think that team is going to be a lot better than and 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 he'll actually be what they wanted him to be i don't know theoretically yeah i mean i guess i guess unless unless he's you know injury and stuff like that but like i said it just doesn't it you don't you don't have a guy that with without the if you take out injury nothing happens injury wise you just don't have guys that play at a top 10 level or a top five level just fall off and and do you know what i mean it just doesn't unless they're like old as shit but he's not he's not really that old when you talk about like quarterback longevity at this point in the league so i don't know i mean it was probably just um nathaniel hackett's system yeah yeah something just wasn't wasn't clicking well i mean pete Pete carroll is either 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 way he's 30 yeah i think he's 32 he's making so much money you know for for where he is in his career with, 30, with what he's being paid. not that old, dude. It's not that old, but I'm saying, like, it's a lot of money that you're paying your quarterback and you have no draft picks. And what? how are you, you going to build around him? Like, yeah, exactly. you have guys that theoretically should be good, but uh, Jerry Judy, I don't even know if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. You have uh, Javante Williams at running back. Everyone thought he was going to take another leap forward after his great rookie year, but after his injury, who knows what he's going to be. You have you have no one behind him, so what are you what are you gonna do? Like it, you can't really afford to bring in anyone in free agency because he's eating up all your cap, and you have no draft picks. You had to trade away one of your best defenders in Bradley Chubb to try to recoup some draft picks, and even that they got what a third round pick for. No, I think yeah. they got a, they got a first round pick for him. No, did they? No, it wasn't. Um, a, it wasn't. A sure, they got a first round pick for him. Let me take a look. I thought they did. Well, our, our official fact checker is going to look it up. I thought they got a first round pick back for him, but maybe that was a different deal. I don't know. No, but I mean, like, I get, I get what you're saying. But out of out of the jobs that are available, that's got to be at least the second best job that's available at this point. Because I mean, would you do you really want to go to to Arizona with Kyler Murray? Like that doesn't seem. That seems better than the Texans' job and the Panthers' job, but not better. At least, than the at Colts. least with the Texans and the Panthers, you have the opportunity to build something. With the Cardinals and the Broncos, you're already locked into a quarterback that you may not want. But with but you know, with you're, the you're Texans, coming in as a head coach. You're do coming you have in as a the opportunity coach. to build something because they 
they've they're they're going to be on their third head coach in their third season, so they're not letting a head coach build anything. You either win or you're out. So, is is there really the opportunity to build something? Because I mean, it, you, you at this point, I don't think the Texans have a chance or have another option but to let their new head coach come in, give him at least four years, try to build that team out. At least with the Panthers. We they gave that the they gave that rule a couple years. It just wasn't working. So uh, at, at least with the Panthers, you'll probably have a longer leash. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. But at least at least with those teams, you're not locked into a quarterback you may not want that you're paying a lot of money to. You know, if if I'm let's say I'm Brian Flores, does my offensive philosophy really fit with Russell Wilson or not Russell Wilson? Um, Kyler Murray. No, so why would I want to go there when I know that you can't move on from him because the dead money is so so big? No, so yeah. he he's going to have no interest in that. But yeah, I, but that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think that job would be crazy enticing anyway. I just think it'd be a I I think that your your leash would be a little bit longer with Arizona. They've they've shown that to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Like you have, it's like like the fact the fact that the Browns have have held on to. Um, Stefanski this long is out of the norm, right? So you have teams like like Cleveland, like the Texans, like the Jets, like the Giants. Like they move off of coaches so fast, they don't let them get a chance to get their guys in there and get their system in place. They give them a year or two, and if you're not winning, then you're out. And even even if you're in a rebuild mode, so and we've the Texans have shown it the past two years. So to me, that's Real not quick. even that's not even a job that's that enticing. Real quick, I'll. I hate to interrupt real quick. Yeah. yeah. So according to NFL.com, they got a twenty-three first-round pick. They did okay. first-round pick for them. Uh, they also got a twenty-four fourth uh, running back Chase Edmonds and a twenty-five fifth. Okay. Yeah, I, I figured. I thought they got a first-round pick for him. So it's still not the first round pick that they would have had. They, that would have been what a, a top five pick. You got number it's, five. It's number yeah, five. Got- yeah. And now they're going to have at least 18. I think 18 is the, the earliest that it could be. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the first, cause the first 18 picks are basically they're solidified right now. Obviously once, uh, once the playoffs start happening, teams start getting knocked out, then those picks will start becoming solidified too. But we have, I'll just run through them real quick for the, the people at home if you guys don't know. But the Bears have the number one, then you got the Texans, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Seahawks, the Lions, Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, Eagles, Titans, Jets, Packers. Oh, sorry. Titans, Texans, again via Cleveland, um, Jets. Patriots, Packers, Commanders, Steelers, Lions. Sorry, I messed up the order a little bit. But with with that first five, when you look at that, with the Bears, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Colts, and the Seahawks, we talk about, you know, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young being probably clear number ones. But with the Bears being having that first overall pick, the likelihood of them trading back is probably super high. And I just don't – so I guess how how do you think that, that first five kind of plays out in your guys' minds there? Well, quarterback – I see the Bears trading back. Oh, go ahead, David. 
quarterbacks number one and two easy. I don't know who will trade back or not, but um, or unless something crazy happens and the Bears go with someone else. Um, but definitely top three quarterbacks um, in some faint notion with those top two. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the Seahawks, I think that they, they'll probably pick up something defensively because they did struggle with, I think it was like the run or something like that to some degree. Um, if they don't do that, then they'll probably trade back it some extra picks in the first round if possible, then maybe pick up their future quarterback later on the draft. Yeah, I think unless the Seahawks trade up to get one of the top two, I don't think they take a quarterback in this draft. And I don't think they have to. I think I think they could rock with Geno Smith for another couple years and build a team around around him and then try to go get their quarterback of the future if they wanted to. So I think if if they sit there like you said, David, that's probably a good spot for the the um what the defensive tackle from Alabama. I can't think of his name. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. I think I think he'll end up falling there, and that's that's who will go there. I think the Cardinals at three will take uh Will Anderson, uh, outside linebacker. I think to replace JJ Watt, and then uh, I think the Colts in the Bears flop. I think the Colts go up to one. The Bears come back down to four. And the Bears get the fourth overall pick. They'll probably get a first round pick for the following year, and then maybe like a second or third for this year's draft or something like that. I think that'll probably be how it go goes. And then the Colts will probably take uh, Bryce Young, and then the Texans will end up with C.J. Stroud. Funny thing is, I'm looking at a mock draft right now, and it actually has the Colts trading up to number one with the Bears, um, and they'll take Bryce Young. Then they have Will Levis going two to the Texans and Will Anderson Jr. going three to the Cardinals with the Bears taking Jalen Carter four. And then Seahawks taking um, edge rusher Miles Murphy from Clemson. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I guess I forgot that the Bears would be at four and they'd probably want to take. But do you think the Bears might take a – well, I guess maybe a weapon wouldn't go that high at four with the guys that are on the board or do you think maybe yeah. do you think maybe they'd take an offensive lineman there like a Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State like a tackle like somebody that can protect fields at that point well the Bears have multiple first round picks right don't they have not um, in the, not in the top eight no no they don't okay no I'm, I'm looking through what they don't I think the um, Texans are the only ones that have multiple firsts this or no this the Eagles draft, have multiple firsts too yeah. They definitely need an offensive line, that's for sure. Because you don't yeah. want a star quarterback running for his life every single day. Yeah. Which I, he has been. I think I think I think building out that offensive line would be um probably a, a probably best case scenario there. I mean, obviously getting a, a defensive stud wouldn't hurt either, but if you can get a guy on that offensive line that could protect Justin Fields, that would probably be especially if you don't ideal. sign the player during the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the Bears are in a great situation because usually when your team is picking number one, you don't have a quarterback. I think Justin Fields played well enough this year where he's shown that okay, he's he's the guy that you're building around. He's your franchise quarterback going forward. So now you just got to fill out the roster. So, I mean, this team has so many holes outside of quarterback that I I could see them going defense. Uh, was it number four that they trade back to? The Jalen Carter, he's he's one of the best defensive tackle prospects to come out of the draft in, in years. 
So I don't think that's a bad pick. I think they have enough in cap space where they can go sign some guys to fill out that offensive line and then probably take a good offensive lineman later in the draft, second, third round. Let me let me ask you this, because I real quick, this just in. Uh Georgia has won its back the second in a row uh championship. Dude, they destroyed. It doesn't surprise me. It was what, thirty eight to seven at halftime? It was the final score was sixty five to seven. Jesus, dude. What what how? How does that happen? Georgia must have been we must have pissed Georgia off <laughs> by almost beating them. Well, I mean, as as great as TCU played this season, give them a lot of credit for for beating Michigan and getting to the championship game. Uh, Big 12 is not really known for defense. <laughs> not really known for defense at all. And as good as their offense was, Georgia's defense is just a different animal. Well, Georgia just came. Georgia just shut them down. I mean, that's that's because yeah. you you have to think like, okay, Michigan beat Ohio State, TCU beat Michigan, so you would at least think that like, okay, Georgia's probably going to win this game, but a sixty something to seven game that makes zero sense to me. How how yeah. that how that happens? I even even if it was like sixty to like thirty eight or something like that, then I would be like, okay, that's still a lot of points by Georgia, but. At least TCU was putting up points. That's just I I don't know. That's crazy. And to think we were a field goal kick away from playing in this freaking game and just walloping TCU and winning the championship. It's an upsetting day. Anyway, back to the NFL. Um <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we've seen that Lamar is the the future of Lamar with the Ravens is kind of up in the air at this point. I I saw I saw something today where one of the ESPN guys was like um Lamar for Fields question mark and we talk about the Bears and you you say that that they have their franchise quarterback in Justin Fields but if you're the Bears and the Ravens come to you and say hey we'll give you Lamar for the first overall pick in Justin Fields are you taking that No No, no. Because okay. then Justin Fields is on a rookie contract you're going to have to pay Lamar big, or you're going to have to have but them they have, on they the have franchise the money to tag. do it. They have the money to do it, but do you want to take away the opportunity to build around a you know potentially franchise quarterback on his rookie deal, or do you want to pay a quarterback now, have him on a franchise tag for potentially two years, and then you know possibly not have a quarterback or sign him to a big deal where you're paying him thirty million dollars a year, and then that takes away the opportunity to go out and build a loaded roster. Oh, you'd be paying because... more than $30 million a year. It'd be like $50 million a year. But I mean, when you, when you talk about the bears, they're going to have a, over a hundred million dollars in cap space. Yeah. So I would build around Justin Fields. I'd go get the best offensive lineman available. I'd go fill out some holes on that defense and go get some, some good wide receivers because Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney aren't cutting it. You know, what's you know, what's crazy. So because the Bears got the first overall pick, they traded they traded their second round pick for Chase Claypool this season, which means the Steelers are sitting with the 33rd pick in the draft, which is basically another first round pick almost. So the Bears don't even have their second round pick right now, which I think kind of building around Justin Fields in the draft wise is is probably going to be is probably going to hurt a little bit there. But no, I agree with you guys. I don't I don't think the Bears should do that, but 
that was just something that was floated out there that um was definitely interesting. But I do you guys think Lamar's on the move or do you think he ends up staying with Baltimore? So he'll be on the franchise tag if they don't come to an agreement. Yeah, he stays with Baltimore one way or another because he there's not a whole lot of offensives there's not a whole lot of offensive schemes that are set up for a player like him specifically. Yeah. Yes, there are options and schemes for players that are mobile quarterbacks, but not to his kind of like level or uniqueness. I will I will say this though. If he does become available, and I'm uh, the GM for the New York Jets, I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'm calling Baltimore. See, I don't know. I think Daniel Jones has played well enough to get no, an no, extension. not not the Giants, the Jets, the New York Jets. Oh, sorry, I I heard I you said Jets. I heard Giants for whatever reason because I, I mean they're they're, they're the same. <laughs> but, I mean, just one's green, no, and one's blue. <laughs> no, they're not. But no, the Jets, one the team's Jets, in the playoffs. The Jets, the Jets have a nice roster. If 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 they yeah. just had a quarterback who could actually throw the ball and stop sleeping with everybody's moms, then I think they would actually have made the playoffs this year. Zach Wilson's a bust and he won't be on the team. Mike White is a good backup quarterback, but I he's, never no 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 he, I never I never said he was good. I said they they need they need a quarterback who can actually throw the ball and stop sleeping with everybody's moms. That's what I said. I don't I know if you heard that. You say that again. I just wanted to hear you say that again because <laughs> No, but I think I think Lamar Lamar would fit well with with the Jets. I think um with the young guys that they have going on there. I think also Seattle would be a good destination if if Seattle was like, hey, thanks, Gino, but we're going to go get Lamar. I think Seattle would be a phenomenal situation. They're already, you know, they made the playoffs. Maybe they're just a, a, a an upgrade of Geno Smith away from, you know, kind of consistently being a good team. Um, and they can add a few more people in the draft. But, yeah, and then maybe the, the Ravens rock with Geno Smith for a year. I don't know. <laughs> Because they do, the Seahawks do have the fifth overall pick. So Geno Smith, the fifth overall pick for Lamar Jackson. And then the Seahawks still have their own first round draft pick that they have. So it's not like they're really losing. They're going to lose out on a generational defensive player, but they can go get a quarterback that they're going to have for the next 10 years. You know, as long as he stays healthy. So I don't know. But I mean, basically they're spending that pick on Lamar Jackson and I guess if they can get four or five years out of them, then I I would think it would be worth it to give themselves a chance to win the Super Bowl. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where Lamar Jackson ends up. Let's know, guys, at home where you think he's going to end up. But I kind of hinted at it earlier about, uh, you know, obviously as as a Steelers fan, I have to bring up, you know, Mike Tomlin. And what, what do you – I guess what is your guys' opinion on – on the fact that this man, after his 16th season in the NFL, has never had a losing season. I think I read somewhere that he's only ever coached one game where the Steelers were 100% mathematically out of playoff contention in his career as a, as the Steelers head coach. So what what do you what do you guys think about you know Mike Tomlin as a head coach and in the totality of his career that he's kind of put together thus far? I think that it's phenomenal. I think that it's whether you uh, agree with him as a coach or not, or like him as a coach or not, you have to respect the fact that he's been amazing throughout his career. You have to respect the fact that 
every single player that joins that team has amazing love and respect for that man. So yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to say. I don't think he gets enough respect for the the amount of his success and consistency that he has. I mean, he's he's one of the most inside the NFL. I'm sure he's one of the most respected coaches in the league. Players love playing for him. He's one of the better motivators in the league because I mean, let's be honest. You look at the Steelers roster. You're like, okay, rookie quarterback, young offensive line, yeah. young wide receivers. You have a star in T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, but they're a rebuilding team. And the the fact that he was able to take them, they were two and six to start the year, right? Most organizations, they would have panicked. The house would have been on fire. Heads would have started rolling. But he kept them focused. He he motivated them, got them to work hard. And going into the last day of the season, they had a chance to make the playoffs. And I I think that's that's impressive. I think, honestly, if any team was looking for a head coach, the first thing I would do is, is ask to talk to Mike Tomlin, even if he hasn't been relieved of his duties, at least ask to talk to permission, offer a trade. Yeah. See, see, see what you can do, do to get him in the door. And if it doesn't work out, which it probably won't because the Steelers would be stupid to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would try to get him in there. And honestly, coming from a Browns fan, you, you guys don't know how good you have it. Oh, we with, with Mike Tomlin, because, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, when the team w- wasn't playing up to, you know, going to the AFC championship game or contending for a Super Bowl, I saw a lot of fire Mike Tomlin. I think it's time to move on from Mike yeah. Tomlin talk. And honestly, I think that would have been stupid. And don't don't take this offensively, Nick, but I think you guys have been kind of spoiled with having such a great, consistent head coach for so long where you see, oh, we're not winning 14, 15 games a year. We're winning 9 to 10 games a year. I think it's time to move on because we're only winning 10 games but still making the playoffs. No, I, I agree. I think no. there are there are a lot of Steelers fans out there that that don't that don't really understand the magnitude of what it of I think what the past three years in a row they've pretty much, you know, only won nine games. But to, to when you look at these rosters the past three seasons. And I, I said this before too. I give an immense amount of credit to Mike Tomlin for what they were able to do. And for the fact that we made the playoffs the last two years of Roethlisberger's career. And I give immense credit to Roethlisberger for the way that he was able to drag that, those last two teams to the playoffs and put up the numbers that he was able to put up and, do what he was able to do there at the end of his career when he when he really wasn't the best version of himself, but he was still able to play at a high level. And I think especially when you look at this year, Mike Tomlin to me is is in the running for coach of the year. I know they didn't win a ton of games, but like Dom said, when you start two and six, most teams are like, oh, well, pack it up, sell the house. Let's uh ship some guys off, get some draft picks. You know, we're in full rebuild mode. No, they dug their feet in and they, they literally ended up nine and eight. You know, not great. They didn't make the playoffs, but hey, the fact that we're they were able to do that, the fact that he was able to motivate that team to do that, the fact that Kenny Pickett, you know, was able to progress throughout the season and you were able to actually see actual development from a rookie quarterback throughout the season and he just didn't continue to shit the bed. 
And I think that that shows testament to the organization that, you know, not only Mike Tomlin is built there, but the rest of the people within the Steelers organization. And, and to anybody that has called for Mike Tomlin's job the past couple of years, you guys are freaking stupid. Like any, any Steelers fan that wants a different coach than Mike Tomlin at this point, you guys are dumb. Like stop being Steelers fans, go somewhere else. You guys don't actually understand. Like Dom said, how good you actually have it because you have one of the, I'm, I'm going to say by the time he's done with his career, I know he'll, he he might only have one Super Bowl win, but you're talking probably about a top 10 coach in NFL history by the time he's done. And, yeah. you know, you, you might be able to argue plus five or minus five, but I'm going to at least say he's at least a top 10 NFL coach in NFL history by the time he's done with his career. And, you know, he – still probably has another 10 years before he's probably done, if not more. So I, I don't know. I, I think what he's been able to do is phenomenal. And honestly, looking forward to the the fact that they have the 17th overall pick and then they have the 33rd overall pick and, and then they're going to have their own second round pick. It's They're going to have three picks here that they're going to get some some nice, like really good, talented youth in. And they have three opportunities to draft some offensive linemen so that Najee Harris can actually run the ball and Kenny Pickett's not getting murdered every every freaking play. But I will say I do think that your guys' offensive line, yes, it wasn't great, but it, it was improved. better than it was last year. And yeah. it improved throughout the season. So I don't think you need to make drastic moves and no, completely no. overhaul the offensive line. Honestly, I would get maybe another weapon because it, Deontay Johnson – didn't get any touchdowns this year. Um, I think Pickens is the dude. I think he's your future number one wide receiver. Pickens, other Pickens than and that, uh, I think I think you guys need another wide receiver, um, another offensive lineman. But I, I'd focus on that secondary, secondary, and maybe a defensive tackle to sort of learn under Cam Hayward and, and take the reins over from him when he retires. Yeah, I agree. I think. I think honestly, with the first round pick, I would probably, if there's not a good offensive lineman on the board, I would go weapon, whether that's wide receiver or I'm not a big person in paying running backs. And like, I like Najee Harris, but maybe if there's a running back there that you can see that might be able to replace him and you can maybe trade him and get something out of it too. Maybe that's an option that you, that you go with as well too. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Mike Tomlin, I, I think. I think maybe they'll probably give it to the Eagles head coach for coach of the year or, but I, I think like, if you look at what teams have been able to do, like, like Jacksonville's head coach, Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, like those, those are the guys that probably should be in the running for head coach of the year, just for what they've been able to do, you know, with the rosters that they have and, and the improvements they made on that. I think that's a, that's where I'm at with that. But um, I got like two more things that I had written down for you guys. The this one is another football topic, but I don't know if you guys did. You guys see that uh Tim Tebow is uh, going to be in the College Football Hall of Fame? No, I expected honestly. I thought he was in already. Yeah, the class that <laughs> the class that he's going in with is kind of insane. Let me see here. I had it. Let me pull it up real quick. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Which shout out by the way, uh. We had some something special planned. 
for our YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll try to bring back the the YouTube channel. <laughs> so that's in the works. Yeah, here you go. So the 2023 College Football Hall of Fame class. You got Eric Berry, Michael Bishop, Reggie Bush, Dwight Freeney, Robert Calgary or Calgary, uh, Michael James, Derek Johnson, Bill Kohler, Luke Keekley, um, Jeremiah Macklin, Terrence Mathis, Bryant McKinney, Corey Moore, Michael Stonebreaker, Tim Tebow. Troy Vincent, Brian Restbrook, and D'Angelo Williams. So it's a pretty like loaded, <laughs> loaded yeah. class when you think about it, especially I'm, I'm, that. I'm glad. Oh, sorry. I no, jumped the gun on your question. I'm, I'm glad that they're letting Reggie Bush into the yeah. Hall of Fame. And because, I mean, th- whatever he did off the field is what he did off the field, but mm-hmm. what he did on the field, unbelievable. Yo, think think about think about a a running back class that's being inducted right now. So, like you said, Reggie Bush, you have LaMichael James, and then you end it with Brian Westbrook and D'Angelo Williams. When you talk about college like running backs, like those guys, those guys were dudes. <laughs> so, that's uh, that's definitely that's that's crazy, man. I don't know, but yeah, no, no, I, there really wasn't a question with the Tim Tebow thing. I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and like you said, Dom, I was like, he's not in the hall of fame yet, but all right. <laughs> so definitely much deserved. Maybe they have to wait a certain amount of time. Cause I think they made the comment that he was a first ballot hall of famer. So maybe there's like a, a time frame in which they have to wait. I don't know. Probably something crazy, but Talking about somebody who's uh who's old, I just uh I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on I know the Lakers aren't a good team, but your guys' opinion on on LeBron's season this year. And I wanted to throw out his stats that he has so far. So he's averaging basically 29 points a game. His career average is 27. He's averaging eight rebounds a game, his career average is seven and a half. He's averaging uh, seven assists a game. His uh, career average is seven or seven point three, and then his he's a he has a fifty one percent field goal percentage right now. When his uh, career percentage is a fifty and a half percent. So, what do you guys think about? I mean, in his uh, what this is his twentieth season right now, nineteenth season. You know, twenty years in the NBA, thirty eight years old. He's just still dominating at a high level. How do you guys, uh, what, what's your guys' you know, what are you guys feeling on this? That's just a credit to both A, his dedication and to his workout routine because it obviously takes care of his body. And I mean, we pointed it out with Tom Brady as well because it's like the guys, even before the season, was like 41 42 and was still doing very well. And it's like, it goes to show that if you're dedicated and you take care of your body, you'll always be fine or great. And in terms of just as success on the court, that's just an added benefit. That's just phenomenal and all in by itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's really not much for me to add. I mean, I, I don't think his, his skills were ever going to decline. Like he's never going to forget how to shoot a basketball. Um, it was, it's always the athleticism that, that is really 
becomes what the downfall of, of any athlete, um, then injuries start to take their toll, but it's a testament and shows what you can accomplish. If you take care of your body and you work hard at it. Um, we all know that he spends over a million dollars a year on his body and it, it shows the, the fact that he's 38 and still playing at this high of a level. I mean, we've, we've never seen it before. Um, I think it's amazing. Seriously, not much much else to add other than I don't think we'll we'll really ever see this again. Yeah. I mean I'm just I'm I'm curious, how long do you guys I mean, he's basically averaging like third almost thirty points a game this year. I think what last year he was right around the same as well too. So he's doing it because he has to, but yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but I'm not but um, but still he's doing it. I think the 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 right. comment oh he's doing it because he has to. He's he's still doing it. So regardless of of he has to or or he doesn't have to whatever, who cares? He's doing it. He's averaging basically 30 points a night. Like how and he did it last year too, I believe. So how how much longer do you think he can keep this up? You know what I mean? How many more years do we do we see a 40-year-old LeBron averaging 29 points a game? Do we see a 41-year-old LeBron? Like, like where where does it where do we start to see the decline in LeBron? Well, he said his goal is to always he's always wanted to play with his with his um son. I don't know if that's just one of them, just Bronny, or if he wants to play long enough where he can also play with um his younger son, I think once he has that one season of playing with his son, then I think he'll, he'll probably step away, honestly. Cause I mean, I think that's. But that doesn't, the, that doesn't answer the, my the, question the, of like, is, but I, I think he can, I don't know if he'll be able to put up 30 points a game at, at, at 40, but he'll still probably be averaging in the twenties. He's when, still going to be an effective player. When he's playing with Bronny, he's going to turn 41 in that season that he plays with Bronny. So, like, yeah. So he's he's going to be 41 years old playing in the NBA. And, like, that's what I'm saying. Do we, but he, he wants to play on the same team as Bronny. That's that's what he said. So he, he wants to be in the same jersey as Bronny. So, like, let's say the Lakers don't draft Bronny. I think his contract still plays out. Like, he would still have to play out and then. Does he have an opt out clause though? I think in his last year. So yeah, he'd probably opt out and leave. So there we go. He'll he'll opt out of his contract for the 2041 season and then he'll sign with whoever drafts his son. 2041? In 2021 or 20 he'll be whatever <laughs> we see we see we see robot lebron in the nba <laughs> robot lebron playing with his grandkids lebron clone <laughs> <laughs> playing with his grandkids in 2060 still still averaging 29 points a game <laughs> all right guys um that's pretty much all we had i know there was a lot i'll probably trim it down just cuz yeah that way you guys are listening to two hour episode, but, or maybe I'll just post it and say, Hey, whatever. But, um, yeah, we're going to probably have some, some, uh, new things coming out. Some, some changes happening to what we're doing. Uh, we had a lot of time to think over our holiday season as we kind of took our break away from what was going on. So just be on the lookout for some new things happening some different things happening. Um, if you guys have anything that you want us to tackle for the, for our, our third year as a podcast, happy anniversary, uh, Yesterday on Sunday was technically our two-year anniversary as a podcast. So, um, you know, thank you guys for going on this journey with me. It's been 
it's been pretty fun. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who has helped out the podcast throughout these two years as well. Everybody that's helped out um, and contributed their voices, all the interviews that we've been able to do with people and, and it's been a phenomenal experience and I don't want this to sound like a goodbye speech or anything, but oh, no. But no, I think uh, just kind of looking back at the the past two years, it's been it's been a phenomenal experience. I think we've grown a lot, and I think we're going to kind of take what we've learned and uh, and try to uh, tailor that to a a better product for you guys going forward, and uh, and really try to hone in on what we've been able to learn and and uh, and move forward. So, mm-hmm. again. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Sports. I am Nick. I was joined by Dom and David today, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, Deep Dive Sports listeners. 